Psychologically tall. I'm talking about ethics. You you patented it and packaged it and slapped it on a plastic lunchbox and now sell it. You want to sell it well. Same. <laughs> I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. They'll soon be back and in greater numbers. Any friend of Olive's is a friend of our daughter. I am really close on this one. Really, really close. Let's watch my favorite part again. Shall we? Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Daniel. Welcome to Scenes from a Marriage, a movie podcast where we as a married couple watch movies and discuss our unique perspectives. So in this episode, we'll be discussing a movie that made an impression on me at an early age. And that movie is The The Mummy. Mummy. (laughs) So The Mummy is a 1999 American action horror film, and it's written and directed by Stephen Summers. Um, it's a remake of the 1932 film of the same title and stars Brendan Fraser, Brendan, Rachel Weiss, John Hanna, and Kevin J. O'Connor, with Arnold Vosloo in the title role as the re-ana- reanimated mummy. Imhotep, <laughs> yes. Um, so the film follows um, adventurer Rick O'Connell, Brendan, as he travels to Hamanoptra, the city of the dead with a librarian and her older brother, where they accidentally awaken Imhotep, a cursed high priest from the reign of the Pharaoh. Spooky, second spooky episode. Yes, we are finishing out October with the second of our pair of nostalgic scary movies. Last week we did The Mothman Prophecies, which was my choice, and this week, Amanda, The Mummy, your selection for us in October. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a uh, fun fact with the, um, the lead actor, Brendan, Brendan. So um, funny thing. I don't know how this happened or when this came about, but I just remember. So I have a twin brother. His name is Eric and he's silly and <laughs> he's pretty silly. And hey, Eric. Um, but anyway, one time we were talking about Brendan and I'm pretty sure he thought he, his name was Brandon. And then I corrected him through text. And then uh, following that conversation, he proceeded to send me Brendan on every social media platform. I'm talking Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Snapchat, LinkedIn. That's the best one. Yep. Email text everything anyway it was pretty funny eric if you listen to this you'll have to either confirm or deny this story because i feel like there's some chance that it might have been amanda that misspelled it and prompted i knew brendan's name and how to spell it i should have more faith than you shouldn't i you should yeah that's the brendan story where did you get this on a dig down in thebes (gasps) jonathan i think you found something There is an ancient legend of a place known as the City of the Dead. They call it the doorway to hell. Where the earliest pharaohs were said to have hidden the wealth of Egypt. Are we going into battle? There's something out there. Something underneath that sand. 
they came to uncover its secrets. Mummies, my good son. This is where they made the mummies. They sought to unlock its treasure. And then there was light. Oh, boy. What they did... Oh, my God. It does exist. I think this may be the Book of the Dead. ...was unleash a force unlike any the world has ever known. You must not read from the book! What the hell is that? You have unleashed a creature that we have feared for more than 3,000 years. Whoa! He will regenerate and no longer be the undead. We are in serious trouble. So Frazier plays Rick O'Connell, who is referred to by Rachel Weiss's character as O'Connell for uh, for most of the movie. And at one point, he gives the line, rescue the damsel in distress, kill the bad guy, save the world. And I think it's appropriate that he gets to say that line. It seems like that he is explaining the ethos, not only of this movie, but of just about every Joseph Campbell-inspired hero's journey kind of adventure, you know, story going back at least to Star Wars and then beyond that to the Westerns and the serials that inspired it. Mm -hmm. So that's what you get with this movie. You get something that is broad to the point of being kind of archetypal in terms of its adventure story structure. So to take us deeper into what that is, we now arrive at the part of the show that we call Amanda Explains the Plot. <laughs> where, <laughs> right, where Amanda tells us what happened in the movie. Uh, Amanda, help us out. All right. So this movie is about um, these people who go on a hunt for some treasure Um so in the beginning, it shows us the Pharaoh, I think it's Pharaoh, which it was difficult to understand. There's a lot going on and not a lot of English words that were said. Um, the prologue was a little confusing. I don't think either of us was quite clear on who was who exactly. No, um, basically somebody got killed and then actually this girl also got killed. And then she was an important part because then the other guy got killed Oh, and he, no. <laughs> everyone got killed. Everyone died. And then the movie was over. Just kidding. So, um, and then he was mummified. No, all his people were mummified. And then he was the like worst thing ever was done to him. And he was going to become a plague or something. Wait, can we take it? Can we take us back to who he is? Oh, who, I'm sorry. Who's getting mummified? The, the priest guy, the high priest, the high priest. And the, oh, his forbidden love, I guess. Because that was the Pharaoh's woman right mistress anyway so all that stuff happened a long time ago and then we come to the um nowadays thing <laughs> with right. the nowadays which Brendan. are actually like the 1920s right right is the, pr- is the present of the movie <laughs> okay and then we see brendan and he brendan. brendan and he's um you know fighting people and stuff and then i think he awakens the high priest somehow by standing near his grave or something Anyway, so there's a librarian and she's all, I need to find this book that's really important. And then her brother's like, I need that gold. And then everyone else is like, give me that gold. And then um, the Americans, apparently, they come into 
um, the picture and they're all like trying to race there on camels and the camels are pretty cute. But anyway, so um, if you say so, they're all right. They spit a little bit. Um, so then basically they find out that they will then the American people open this box and then they get all killed and whatnot. And um, <laughs> they get all killed. They all get killed. And um, whoever opens that box. And then, yeah, so basically it's just like trying to prevent the high priest from killing the girl, the damsel in distress. The modern girl. The not modern the, girl, not sorry. Not the Egyptian girl, right? I mean, but she does come back. Oops, spoiler. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's what the movie's about. It's like a, it's a, it's an adventure filled with mummies. I'm sorry, one mummy. Well, actually there's more, but yeah, so. What was the, was the movie correctly titled The Mummy or should it have been The Mummies? Should have been The Mommy. I'm kidding. (laughs) No, No, The Ultimate Mummy. The big one. The big one. You know, I wish I had seen actually the 1930s mummy because I feel like when you think of mummies, if you just say the word mummy, mm-hmm. what comes to your mind is not something that you would be very afraid of. At least yeah, for me. Right? Like if someone said, you have to fight a mummy, I would say, okay, bring it on because I'm pretty sure that I have one up on a mummy. By virtue of, you know, not being tied. With it being under wraps. Yeah. They wouldn't be able to walk around. Some kind of a shroud. Yeah. I feel like I could get in a punch or two before the mummy even knows what's going on. So the the battles turn much more. But it's because he became the most powerful ever in the world. In the world. world. (gasps) And me the lamp. The lamp. You mentioned while we were watching it that they might have stolen a few things from Aladdin. I thought you said that. I thought you did. No, you did it. We have the same brain because we're married. I know. Hashtag. That's what the podcast is about. (laughs) It's right there in the name. Speaking of lamps in Halloween, Halloween costume. Oh, I was just going to say I was a lamp and Daniel was a moth. It was great. Cool. (laughs) <laughs> i was proud of our costume anyway <laughs> cool uh, <laughs> uh digression there with the <laughs> did you like that segue anyway i think you said the thing about aladdin the well, genie i'm sorry i actually have a a great number of touch points that i think the other properties that i think the movie is in conversation with aladdin might be one of them but we can get to that okay so what I really want to know, first of all, now that everyone is clear on what <laughs> the plot is, <laughs> <on> the plot. <laughs> um, so we, yeah, is to kind of why you chose this. So what's your history here? When did, when did you see, when did you come to the mummy? All right. So um, let's see. So this movie came out in 1999. So I was eight years old when it came out, I believe. Um, I know I was, I had to be in like elementary school when I watched this. Pretty sure. You were eight. Yeah. Yeah. You probably wouldn't have been in high school. I mean, I don't know. have been very advanced as an eight year old. But we watched it at my uncle Jeff's house. He lives in Florida. So we were going 
to Florida on vacation. Like my family was driving there or whatever. And um, I just remember them being like, let's watch The Mummy. And I mean, it had to, maybe I was a little older. I don't know. Anyway, um, I just remember being very afraid of it and them having to talk me into it. And my uncle Jeff, who likes to, you know, um, make things up and stuff and says like, Oh, it's, it's a funny movie. Like it's, it's good. And like, they're like, it's not scary. And I was like, okay. Okay. So you were afraid of it being scary before they ever put it on. Yeah. Cause I feel, I think I feel like it was, I had heard that it was scary or I looked at the the cover of it or something, but I just remember him convincing me cause he's, you know, good at convincing. He's, he likes to, he can talk his way in and out of stuff. And I was like, okay, fine. And everybody else wanted to watch it. So I, which I don't know why everybody else wanted to watch it. Like who would, anyway. Um, I mean, it's a pretty popular movie. Yeah, I guess maybe that's what it was. So they couldn't have found something that was funnier or more family friendly. So we watched that and I just remember going back to our hotel and I apparently had brought a raccoon book to read from the library. I don't know what it was about. It wasn't like a book about raccoons or it was a a story in which the main character was a raccoon. I think so. I think so. And all I remember is my mom likes to laugh about it that I said, or I went to her room and said, my raccoon book makes me feel better. So, (laughs) which is pretty funny. Pretty adorable. But yeah. So I guess I had to read to get my mind off of that. And that's, like me to this day, having to watch, you know, good shows after scary shows, like The Good Place. That's not the scary show. So then from eight years old until now, you had never seen The Mummy again. Yeah. So you sure. were you were left with the memory of that experience. <laughs> yeah, forever. Of being traumatized in a way that only a raccoon could solve. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> They're really cute. They're really cute. Do they feel like clouds? Not not clouds like chipmunks. Chipmunks feel like clouds. I've never pet a raccoon, full disclosure, but I would like to pet one. My friend Emily's dad likes to train uh, raccoons. All right. If you know where we can pet a raccoon or if you have one that Amanda can touch, please, please email us at podcast at scenesfromamarriage.com and we'll... We'll get with you yes, about please. that. I would like to pet a raccoon. All right. So this is the question I've been working up to that I, after now having seen this movie, because I think I've seen it before as well. Yeah, I was going to say, how old do you think you were when you saw it? I mean, but I don't, I'm honestly not sure. Like I can't remember the, the, the instance. And so I wonder if maybe I've just seen part of it, like on TV really? or something or maybe, um, I, I can't recall. So, it, it, parts of it were familiar to me, so but I know, you know I've seen that some of it. you probably weren't afraid of it when you first watched it. I, I don't know. No, well, so that's yeah. So that's what I want to know to the extent that you can remember from being eight. What was it about the movie that scared you? I mean, I always remember the impression of the mummy when he does his face, like, okay, y'all can't see this face, but <laughs> when he opens his mouth really wide and he's mm-hmm. like in the smoke and his face is, you know. He he opened his mouth like a lot of jaw play, like very very. Yeah, the jaw really dips down. It yeah, sure does. it does. It sure does. Anyway, <laughs> it sure does. Um, 
but yeah, that was that was the scary part. But I mean, there's a lot of creepy parts, like the bugs crawling in the skin. Didn't like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, that made me uh, squirm a little bit this time. But I think that and just like the skeleton stuff, which is funny because now, like near the end, or like early on when the when we we're first seeing the mummy. Um, I think early on when he was trying to get you know his skin and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. but then that's creepy. Yeah, it was all of those scenes. I think, but. Obviously, like, but watching it this time, I wasn't scared at all. So maybe mm-hmm. it was just being a child and the jump scares. There were some jump scares. They did try to get you a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Even the fake out ones, like when Jonathan first appears in the library, he sits up out of this box. It, it, oh, and, yeah. Uh, I mean, actually, I, I jumped this time because I didn't remember what happened. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think that's what it was. And then because I remember like, Chelsea trying to scare me like with her like come at me with her mouth open trying to pretend like she's a mummy and I was like that's not <laughs> cool anyway so so maybe okay so that. primarily the maybe the effect the mummy effect and then some of the 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 skeleton stuff skeletons yeah but now I like skeletons and I have my own I mean I don't know, I I don't know if I can source exactly where I know this quote from but I always like to say it because I think Steven Spielberg once said that nothing was scarier than a skeleton. And it it makes me think of the opening of Raiders of the Lost Ark when Indiana Jones is going into the Peruvian temple. And there's these moments where, you know, the skeleton comes out on the spikes and it's like, oh, here's somebody who's died ages ago on a booby trap. And mm-hmm. there's like a skeleton in my face. And I think that's supposed to be scary, which... You know, I was like, well, I don't know if it is, but apparently some people think that it is. I mean, if something, if a skeleton was thrown at my face in a dark cave, I would be, I would be afraid. But sure, anything that was thrown at my face, I in was a dark say, cave even would, if it was a raccoon, generally kind of a <laughs> yeah, or you know, a cat that somebody was throwing around. I mean, maybe not a cat. Like, oh yeah, the cat thing. I forgot about that in the movie mm-hmm. that he was afraid of cats, but I like that because I well, like cats. Little, tie into ancient Egyptian mm-hmm. beliefs. That was a cute cat too. So yeah, I had, I had to ask that question because now again, we are now older people and the same things <laughs> that terrified us as children no longer terrify us. We have other fears maybe that are greater than, than Mondays. skeletons. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like what humans love bacon and hate Mondays. What? <laughs> But but I, so I was sitting there watching, and I said, "Well, it's it's hard to imagine how anyone other than a child would be scared of it." In part because I don't think the movie really has any interest in being scary, mm-hmm. like any kind of horror moment or like iconography. Again, even like those skeletons that we're talking about, mm-hmm. I feel like reads to me as very performative. The movie is so lighthearted. Yeah, that- it really is. There's like there's a lot of uh, silly things. I mean, watching it now, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the 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 characters don't really seem to ever be afraid of their own fates. Well, the side characters, but not the main characters. Yeah, that's you know, true. You've got you've got Fraser's O'Connell kind of going through it like he thinks it's all a lark, you know. Even though he does almost die multiple times and is saved multiple times in the first reel by. Evie, Rachel Weiss's character. Yeah. I mean, but, and he also, like, I didn't realize how many times, I feel like he did this two or three times when he, like, ah, like, yells back at the mummy, mm-hmm. which I just thought that was 
that was kind of funny. I forgot that he did that, but it's just like, I don't know, a reaction that he had to the mummy, which was great. Which reminds me a little bit of like a Han Solo screaming at the stormtroopers as he charges into and then out of battle in the first Star Wars. Oh, I remember that. But it's also, it's a very, it's a very violent movie Mm -hmm. in its bloodless PG-13 way. Mm -hmm. There's no gore. There's no anything like that. But There's not. There's bugs crawling under skin, eating brains. But you don't actually see any of that happen. Oh, you don't see. That's right. There's Mm -hmm. countless people are killed with swords, burned, have parts of their body removed, are devoured by flesh-eating scarabs, Mm -hmm. and even, of course, mummified alive. So there's plenty of all the stuff that's gruesome, but I feel like the movie kind of plays it for kicks. Yeah. Like outside the opening prologue, Mm -hmm. which is pretty rough. Yeah, it is. With the idea of people being buried alive. I mean, you know, that's. I think that could be an image that would be maybe scarring to some folks. Some people have a real fear of that. A, I mean, I'm sure none of us would obviously want to I mean, I would not like that, yeah. But, I mean, the idea of being, you know, uh, put into a coffin and covered in creepy crawlies is enough to give anybody the heebie-jeebies, right? Mm. But the movie probably has less in common with any of those old Universal monster movies than it does with, like I say, Indiana Jones. I've heard some people say that it's like a light version of Raiders of the Lost Ark or... You know, and I think that the it does kind of crib from those movies. Like it's trying to be. I could totally see that. Mm-hmm. In that tradition. Mm-hmm. But it reminds me more maybe of Temple of Doom. Just like the sheer or the, the, the shrill register of it. Because I, so the first thing I wrote down after we watched the movie was, uh, my, my, my comment was extremely loud and incredibly goofy. <laughs> <laughs> Like the movie's just goofy. Like it, it's it, it so is. silly. It is goofy. Yeah. I mean, and I mainly think it's just because it's because of the relationship between um Brendan and um what's her name? Rachel Weiss. Rachel Weiss. Rachel Weiss. Yeah. As Evie. Evie, yeah. It's I don't know. I like did did you find their relationship or like what was going on between them like believable or like I don't know, it, it seemed really cheesy. It it just felt, and here's where I get the Raiders comparison. It felt a lot like trying to do Indiana Jones and Marianne Ravenwood from Raiders of the Lost Ark, where you've got this kind of a little bit antagonistic relationship, mm-hmm. but ultimately, you know, uh, they ultimately like and care about each other. Mm-hmm. But between two kind of plucky adventurers, who you know, she has her own kind of strength, even though she's she gets she does play the damsel in distress a good bit. But like she is, you know, she can uh, she can hold her own. Read Egyptian, and she knows things. And when you know, when that American guy was like a woman, like women can't do anything. I mean, you know, the jokes like that, which I laugh at all the time. But you know, right? Do. And she persists in you know saving his life in order to you know again get him to lead her to this ancient site. Which she, like you were said in your opening, you know, she's more interested in the in the knowledge mm-hmm. than the the treasure mm-hmm. she's not really a, she's not really a mercenary but she's she's an academic mm-hmm. so i i got that i mean i kind of like i think that's that's one of the that's one of the joys of the film honestly is those two performances and i think that because because 
Frasier is so likable and because Rachel Weiss is so likable and the way that she plays that character is very just kind of like fun and yeah fun flirty yeah yeah Yeah. so I mean whether I believe it or not I think is almost not even the point like this is not even kind of movie where you necessarily believe those things yeah I don't believe anything in the movie (laughs) Uh, (laughs) certainly not any of these special effects if you were if you were one of um the American uh explorers or whatever they were i guess treasure hunters if you were in their shoes would you have opened the box if you read that you would be killed if you opened the box or would you have not believed it well we're back on mothman now aren't we would i have believed it uh it's a good question well first of all i probably wouldn't able to wouldn't I probably would not have been able to read the Egyptian. Well, but you you would have had that other guy reading it. Okay. I probably wouldn't believe in the curse. You wouldn't believe in the curse? I would think that I found something that was worthwhile from an archaeological standpoint. And I would want to know what it was. I would have run away. But I'm not sure that I would have necessar- necessarily disturbed it either. Mm-hmm. Because... You know, you don't just, uh, uh, on the one hand, I mean, I mean, I believe in a mummy's curse, mm-hmm. but you don't just go around like playing fast and loose with important artifacts of an ancient civilization, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody who, now maybe in this instance, I would be the person with the knowledge to, or the pedigree to be able to, you know, understand it, unpack its uh, significance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, I would be like, oh, you know, you got to you got to take a brush to this. You got to be careful with this guy. You know, we need to take him back to, you know, the take it back to the university or to the museum or whatever. Somebody else can kind of like, you know, again, I watched Indiana Jones. It belongs in a museum. <laughs> Who said that? Indiana Jones. Oh, he did because he's a professor. Yeah, he's a archaeologist. I mean, maybe where it actually belongs is under the sand, but who could resist, you know, learning about the past? That's true. So did it, so obviously it played different to you now. How did you, so if we ignore the fact that it's no longer terrifying. Yeah. How did you find it as a movie? Did, what, was it enjoyable to watch? Honestly, I, I enjoyed watching it this time because I knew what was going to happen and I was able to just sit back and like, I, and I also just wanted to, See if I would if I would be scared of it this time, and I wasn't. But I I enjoyed it. I thought that it had you know it had some romance. It had um, adventure, which I like. Some fighting scenes and um, a cat, a gratuitous cat. <laughs> Just kidding. That's right. Would you? How would you compare it to other? 90s action movies give me examples for example mm-hmm. independence day titanic titanic ahead. terminator 2 like twister that. maybe twister, okay. jurassic park the matrix these are kind of some luminaries of the kind of action movies that were being made during this decade mm-hmm. the mummy kind of coming at the end of that i'm curious uh how you think it stands up or do you think it's in conversation with those movies i mean i haven't seen some of the names the names the movies that you've named I mean, except The Matrix. I love The Matrix movies. Uh, I enjoyed the action more in that movie, in that movie series, uh, versus this one, because it was between like people and not 
um, mummy. And I don't know. Well, I mean, it was like you said, like it, it wasn't okay. I'm saying it wasn't super believable, but then I'm, I'm making it seem like the Matrix was believable. Um, you mean like how does it compare? Like, do I like it better or worse, or is it um, well, better or worse, or does it have elements that you find to be either in uh, in consistency with those movies or in contrast to those movies? Like, how does it kind of sit in that company? Well, like you said, I, I or maybe even early two thousands action movies like Tomb Raider, because I feel like it has similar some similar things to you know a movie a movie like that. Oh, we have a gratuitous cat in the room now. This is prim time. Just kidding. Um, well, like you said, like <laughs> your initial reactions or what you wrote down after the movie was what goofy, loud, and goofy. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like it belongs in the same. Um, like realm as uh the matrix and well jurassic park maybe yeah but you know we love jurassic park um but i think it was a little bit too goofy to be much of an action movie like it was it was trying to be but you know it was just i don't know just like fun fun adventure not yeah or i'm thinking so yeah, I was, I was saying earlier that I have a lot of movies that I think it's kind of it may be either taking inspiration from or that it kind of exists on a continuum with those movies. I think, you know, because the the adventure movie is something that's at least maybe somewhat rare. And I think because maybe it just requires more to pull it off because they're usually globetrotters. Like when I'm thinking about adventure movies, obviously the standard bearer for it for that is Indiana Jones. Yeah, I was going to say Indiana, about the Indiana Jones, Jones movies. Mm-hmm. But you think about going back to like, um, like kind of a Robin Hood sort of situation, you know, like a like a Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. That's kind of an adventure style movie, or Princess ma- Bride. <laughs> Kidding. Well, kind of. Yeah, or maybe even Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I can see that. There's a similarity there, isn't there? Yeah, there there's is. a lot of there's a lot of humor, a lot of action, skeletons. It's, there's skeletons, right? <laughs> there's it's lots really long, of skeletons. undead skeletons that people are yeah. stabbing with swords. Wow. There's a curse. There's a curse that mm-hmm. has to do with gold. Yeah. But you've got Brendan Fraser instead of Johnny Depp. Mm. Yeah. You know what? I think I would take. I think I would take Rachel Weiss over Keira Knightley. What? Take that. I back. think if you put Rachel Weiss in Pirates of the Caribbean, it's at least as good, if not like twice as good. Oh my goodness! I loved Keira Knightley. Well, she was kind of bland though. She was a little bland. Yeah, I think uh, I think Weiss has a lot of personality. I think I she think does. she imbues the uh, her damsel character, her librarian character, with a lot of uh, with a lot of spunk that maybe wouldn't necessarily be on the page. Yeah, I guess you're right about that. That would make sense. She was fun. She was fun. But her hair, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else it reminded me of, and not in a good way mm-hmm. now, is I Am Legend. Did you ever see that with Will Smith? No. Man, I haven't seen a lot of these. One of the criticisms that I Am Legend gets a lot is that they have these, it's essentially a vampire slash zombie movie, and you've got all of these creatures who were human but are now what they call dark seekers anyway 
they could have done a Walking Dead sort of thing where they just use makeup and mm-hmm. use humans in costume and in makeup to be those those creatures. Instead, they used CGI mm-hmm. and made their faces do like weird things that faces can't do. And it, it was something that took a lot of people out of the movie because it was kind of an uncanny valley situation. And I think one of the things that you really see, and I think this is pretty obvious when you're watching it today, that the mummy, that computer graphics were not developed enough at this point in time to do what they wanted them to do. Yeah. Especially when you consider the particle effects, like all of the sand, they have to animate a lot of sand and something like sand or water mm-hmm. is incredibly complex and incredibly difficult for computers to do convincingly because the human eye knows what those things look like and it's hard to do them at scale, you know? And so you've got a scene, for example, like the one with the biplane where Mm -hmm. there's this wall of sand coming at our heroes Mm -hmm. and this face shows up out of the (laughs) sand and, you know, it doesn't look even remotely real. It looks really pretty silly. Yeah, yeah. And and here's another thing I found (laughs) kind of comical throughout (laughs) is that the, the reaction to seeing a face conjured by ancient magic out of a wall of sand. The reaction of O'Connell is to just shoot the friggin' thing yeah. with the with you know the cannon on the the on the gun. He does this the entire movie. In fact, I'd say most of the movie he's actually dual wielding pistols. He is, he's just yeah. constantly like, you know what I'm gonna do to this ancient evil that is cropped up and is using unearthly arcane magic to animate itself? I'm just gonna put a bullet in it and see what that does. Yeah. <laughs> I mean he's I love when he was like I killed him. I killed him back there. And he's like, no, you didn't. And then the very next scene, he's like, you heard him. No mortal weapon can kill these things. Well, <laughs> you didn't come to that conclusion uh, 20 minutes ago. You know? <laughs> I killed him. He's done. But oh, the, the, what the, I was taking this back to I Am Legend. Mm-hmm. The It seems that, you know, they talk about Imhotep having this great power that if he's brought back, he's going to be able to, you know, unleash the plagues of Egypt on the world. But it seems like his primary power is that he can make his jaw really long. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) Like, why though? That's kind of what the Dark Seekers do in I Am Legend. It looks, it doesn't look good. It looks silly. (laughs) That's so funny. That that's what he does. That's his thing. And I'm like, does he think that that? Well, I was gonna say, does he think that that's scary? But small Amanda thought that that was scary. And the guy who plays Imhotep, Mm -hmm. I think, has this kind of like almost comical look. Mm -hmm. Like he's too good looking. Like he kind of looks like he's supposed to be, I don't know. There's something almost cosmopolitan about him. And when he's standing there on that hill, just like doing this, like. He's like making gestures because he he's manifesting him himself in the sand, but you just get to get, they cut back to him just being a dude on a hill, just like making these faces, and it's just really kind of fun. I don't know. I found the whole thing kind of funny. What about when he? Uh, I mean, like part of his face, or like I guess after he kissed her, like his mouth became a skeleton. After. Okay, so let me give it its due because mm-hmm. that there were a couple of things that were, if not creepy, then at least gross Mm -hmm. like repulsive and they kind of just made you shudder yeah so i think that and that was one of those effects i think the the most repugnant thing in the whole thing was when when he kisses her while she's sleeping yeah and he's but like the the bottom half of his face is still rotting off yeah 
And you just think about how that has to smell that he's been in a Ew, I didn't think he's of been that. in a tomb for three thousand years and now part you know, so that's gotta be pretty I disgusting. I didn't think of the smells. No, I didn't think of the smells. You haven't thought of the smell, you bitch. <laughs> What is that for? <laughs> it's, uh, all, uh, Denison always telling you in Philadelphia. Oh. Yeah, he's talking about having uh, luggage made of skin. And D is like, are you saying that you have skin luggage? He's like, no, don't be ridiculous, D. You haven't thought of the smell. Think of the smell. <laughs> <laughs> gross. That's gross. But like, so I guess there's this kind of like, I can see what they're going for. And in that moment, it's gross enough. The effect doesn't convince me, but mm-hmm. it is still, the idea of it is pretty creepy. And the other one was what you already talked about, which is when the scarab crawls up the guy under oh, his yeah. skin. Oh, that was so, I, I can't, no. That, like that. And then well, when he, uh, when he goes after each of the guys and they turn into skeletons, well, it wasn't that scary because they don't, like you said, they don't show it. They just show like the shadow of it. Or like mm-hmm. the aftermath. Which that was great, actually. Mm-hmm. I appreciated that scene where he everything is done in shadow. Mm-hmm. And you see the guy go from being a dude to being like this sort of desiccated yeah. husk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I think, is the way to play that scene. Yeah. Because you have everything you need to imagine it. And you don't have a... Because you've already seen it. Yeah. We don't have a half-formed special effect telling you, oh, that's not real. Don't be afraid of it. Like, I think the shadow actually is more effective than some of the stuff they show us. Yeah. As we talked about last week. I was about to say like your moth maybe, but like for somebody like me, like watching the, then like the skeleton part was worse. But then also like the thought of him going after that guy and taking his eyeballs and his tongue. And then he was. That guy had it bad. He did. And he was sitting out there. He thought that he was saved. And then he didn't even know he was sitting there with the mummy in front of him. And then he did. Anyway, that, that part was kind of funny though, when he was trying to find the tea. And like, he didn't talk to him. And then he said, anyway, that was that scene is myopia erasure. I'm sorry. I felt personally attacked that the one guy who can't uh, function without his glasses gets like the worst. No, that's right. (sighs) That little dude stepped on his glasses. Oh, what do you, what did you think about the little Slimy dude, not slimy, but like, you know, you know who I'm talking about. The like the backstabber, the little Benny. Yeah, Benny. He's he, all right. I didn't. He He's was, all right. He was annoying to me. I don't like when He's an annoying type of character. I think he was played just fine by I mean, he did. Kevin O'Connor. I don't really know if he stands out to me among other such characters in movies. But he was the last scene in the movie well was he not the last scene yeah okay that was i mean that wasn't so actually that wasn't bad and and if i can say well maybe i should ask you this what was your favorite bit like what was your favorite uh scene or or sequence or something in the movie Mm, i don't know like like scary scene or just be scary mm, i mean i liked well I, i do like when they're running around um in the tomb, like, actually, I, I did like that part. I don't know. Maybe I'm a sucker for these things. When, like, people are, like, running and they, like, are they going to make it under the, like, when the wall closes? Because, mm-hmm. you know, that's, like, Indiana Jones and stuff like that. Just like Temple of Doom when that whole thing happened. Yeah. yeah. And, I I mean, I think I, I like that, like, kind of not chasing. But, like, when they're trying to escape and I'm, like, who's going to make it out? Are they going to make it out? And then... For me, it was really satisfying to see 
Benny, which this sounds bad, but it was just satisfying to see him left behind because I, I, um, value loyal people and I don't like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, I don't like that he, um, wouldn't try to help his friend. Well, he didn't really have any friends, but anyway, I, <laughs> <laughs> I like that he was stuck in there, like, you know, with the gold, but then it's like, oh, here comes that bug. And then he did. And also, here come that boy. Like, like I said, while we were watching it, like he put gold on that camel. And like in the end, when they're leaving, it shows like it clinking. On oh, yeah. Brendan's camel. It wasn't super clear why he was back in the in the tumor. Yeah. There? And I think it's because he I mean, he went back for more gold. And I was like, he's greedy and he's getting what he deserves. But um, yeah, so I kind of like that part. I mean, I liked other parts, but I, I that was just I. I'm I'm all for like a satisfying scene where somebody gets what's due to them. Like in, you know, in Game of Thrones, there's a lot of people who require that and Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. Maybe one day we'll get you to watch Pan's Labyrinth. I'd be curious to see what you think of the uh, comeuppance that is, is dealt scary? out in that. It's... A little scary, but I think you, I think you're getting to the point now where you can handle it. (laughs) After watching X-Files and the mummy. It's probably more violent than scary. I can handle that. So Mm -hmm. I can handle blood and gore and guts, which was not in the mummy. Right. Because they had to keep it family friendly, as you mentioned. Yeah. 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 Family friendly. That's the one that was scared as a child. It's definitely too intense for young kids. Yeah, for sure. Because as come as on, Denise, a, what were you thinking? As a hardened, <laughs> you know, cinephile with a lot of horror movies under my belt, it seems you know it, it, I can see where the punches are pulled. But I think for if you're aiming if you're aiming for a you know a teen audience or especially younger teens, yeah, then it could be could be definitely be pretty going to be a, pretty rough in it that was way. A little rough. I don't remember seeing it. Um, scary movie before that. Maybe my parents were watching it one time and I was walking in the, the old one. Yeah. The original. So I, I would say my, my favorite part also occurred near the end mm-hmm. when you get O'Connell in the tomb fighting off all of those skeleton monsters mm-hmm. after he's, well, while he's trying to save oh, you yeah. from being sacrificed. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And here's yet another couple of film references. The obvious one, anytime anyone fights a skeleton, is the uh, the old Harryhausen scene, uh, which is from Jason and the Argonauts. There's a very famous like, stop motion battle with an army of skeletons in that that people reference, kind of a hallmark in special effects. That's one. But what even reminded me of more was Army of Darkness, uh, the third movie in the Evil Dead series. I think there's a little bit of that same tongue-in-cheek approach to the horror content in this and also the kind of ancient civilization. So I kind of pictured O'Connell as Ash from Army of Darkness dispatching all of these guys in comical ways. There was even, I would say, perhaps a nod to Evil Dead 2 
in that there's a there's a part during that scene where I think he's being held down on the ground and one of the skeletons has had its its hand chopped oh, off I like that. and the hand is pulling itself yes. along the ground. And he was waiting for that moment. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. I did and like that And then he grabs the, the skeleton's arm, mm-hmm. which is grasping the sword and then uses that. As a, yes. That's the kind of that's the kind of visual wit that mm-hmm. I would have liked to see more of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and when he is fighting that skeleton in front of him and has the sword and he goes backwards and then he hits he kills the one behind him. That was I that was mm-hmm. enjoyable. That whole scene I felt was well choreographed and it was just a lot of fun. And the movie, again, is kind of going for that just like fun, adventurous, like mm-hmm. swashbuckling thing. If you're gonna do that. Give us more sequences like that. Yeah. I feel like with, um, you know, when they were going to sacrifice her and then that girl was trying to get Evie and then um, her brother was able to read the book, um, like, uh, to command the skeletons to, like, oh, yeah. go after her. I feel, like, I feel like that girl, the mummy girl, should have had a little bit more action. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like it was... It was very brief that like she like the whole reason why the mummy was coming back. I mean, not the whole reason he was coming back, but like everything he was doing was to raise her from the dead. And like, I feel like maybe I would have liked to see more of that or like that she not like she deserved to come back or anything because, you know, I wouldn't have wanted them to kill Evie. But um. I don't know. I just feel like it seemed too simple for them to just go and kill her again, even though she's a skeleton. Like, could they even mm-hmm. really kill them? I don't know. Not to say like, oh, that's not believable because that of it is. Well, I don't know how thought through all of the mythology is. Yeah. And even when they bring him back and he starts unleashing plagues, they unleash maybe like four or five of the plagues yeah. and not in any particular order. It's yeah. like what happens to the rest of them? Like, is that kind of just a thing we're going to, we're just going to throw that out there and then. You know, I feel like that's a thread that's dropped a little bit. Yeah, because, well, like, were the plagues happening when he was fully, like, the fully formed Pharaoh, or was it until he was? Did it happen afterwards? I can't remember. I feel like the first one happens, like, the moment they open the thing, like, there all of a sudden there's flies, or the locusts, I think it was the first one that they come on out of the horizon. So is it, like, the plagues happen until he's, like, a full form, whatever? Anyway, maybe that's... A full torso apparition. Or maybe there's only a few plagues and it was the, like, raining fire and... I forgot. Well, I thought, I, so the they boils. weren't the 10 biblical plagues from Egypt? It wasn't supposed to be that? I guess, well, and then they did miss a lot of them, didn't they? Yeah. Because there's one where the, the water becomes his blood. I think mm-hmm. he even quotes from the Bible, yeah. doesn't he? And then the boils, but... Yeah, yeah, so they use, like, maybe four or five of the plagues and they, I guess they ditched the other five. Yeah, maybe the movie was already too long. It was like, what, two hours? It's a little over two hours. Maybe the crops dying is not super cinematic. Yeah. But killing the firstborn, I mean, you could have gone there. Yeah, they could have killed him. They could have had all the mummies kill them. Now, up until this point, you have been, again, rather reluctant to watch, quote unquote, scary stuff, horror movies, thrillers. Did your experience with the mummy have any effect on your relationship to quote unquote scary movies going after that point? Like, do you think it scarred you or changed your behavior in any way? You mean the second time watching it? 
No. Oh, the first time. Do I think that... When you were a kid. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it prevented me from wanting to watch scary movies. Um, and that one wasn't even that bad. I think I remember the next, like, scary movie that I watched was... Well, I don't know if it was the next one. But I remember watching uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I can't remember which... But it was one of the newer ones, right? It was one like I think with, it was uh, one of the Jessica newer Alba ones or something. I was in, was it? I don't know if she was in McConaughey? it. McConaughey. No. No, was not. No, I don't think so. I don't remember seeing him in it. I don't think unless he was very. Was he very young? Probably would have been earlier. Would have been. I don't know which one you saw. I was in high school. Um. Which let's see. I graduated in '09. Okay. Maybe no. It wasn't him. Uh. There was a. Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake in 2003. That's probably with Jessica Biel. Wait, was there anyone after that? Uh, yeah. So in in 2006, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Beginning with Jordana Brewster. Maybe, maybe it was that one. It was probably that. The girl one. from Fast and the Furious. I don't remember, but all I remember is watching that one. There was also some other scary movie out. That everybody there was, was also watching. a 2013. That would have been too late, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would have been too late. Um, there was also another scary movie out at the time that I feel like a lot of my friends watched. Not, it wasn't Saw. I know that was one of them, but it was like, I don't know, something else. You could have sworn McConaughey was in one of those. I, I feel like I would have known that. Uh, it's probably How to Lose a Guy in 10 Dates. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. Um, yeah, but I watched that one and I did not i did not like that i was very scared i've also i also watched like nightmare on elm street didn't like that one the original yeah pretty sure it didn't sit well because i was like i don't want to think about not being able to no, go that's to sleep. that's one of the scarier maybe even the scariest classic slasher i think yeah well maybe not more than texas chainsaw but it's up there yeah but like with both of those movies they don't really resolve like even at the end of Texas Chainsaw, like they, I think, I feel like the end scene was like people in a car and then he comes up and he kills them. And I'm like, that's not. So I don't like that. It's not a happy ending, right? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like an X-Files episode where it doesn't, it's not, I'm not fully satisfied with the ending. Like, you know, Tomb's coming back. Just kidding. Last one he did. Mm-hmm. Some of those, you have to be careful. Some of those open-ended endings can, I think they're always trying to avoid cliche, but some of those can become their own kind of cliche, like by subverting the happy ending and going for the dark ending, that can become so expected, especially in a horror Mm -hmm. film, that you have to do something special with it or something different with it. You can't just be like, oh, and then they all died, you know, so... Yeah, I I think if I were to watch a scary movie, I mean, I would obviously prefer for um a somewhat happy ending or like a like a conclusive ending like okay, the thing that was trying to kill people is dead and he's not going to be able to come back or like I don't know, something like that that would give me closure and I would be able to sleep, but I probably wouldn't be able to sleep anyway. So, let's be real. <laughs> I'm trying to think of how to rate this. Mm. I need a number of, of things. The bugs. 
the the scarabs, the sand beetles, whatever they're called. Yeah. All right. So, what would you give the mummy out of five scarabs, mm. f- five flesh eating beetles? Mm. I'll give it. I'll give it three and a half. Three and a okay. half beetles. Yeah. That's not too bad. Yeah, I I actually I mean it's it's an enjoyable it's an enjoyable movie. It's got everything in it. I just didn't care for the scary parts when I was little. But now I can appreciate it for what it was. What about you? How many beetles? I think it's worth I think it's worth three beetles. Three. Because mm-hmm. while I don't think it is I think there's a lot of stuff that's not what I would call good. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not some kind of artistic achievement, but it's got enough momentum to carry it through. Like it's not, it's not incredibly funny, but it is diverting. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's definitely something I'm sure it's probably been played on cable a ton. Yeah. I feel like it's the kind of movie that plays on cable, like a national treasure or something. And people just watch it on Saturday afternoons and it's good enough for that. I would, yeah. So uh, I'm not going to hate on it too much. Three Beatles sounds good. I appreciate that they ended it with the mummy getting killed and being taken away in a chariot. But then there's the mummy returns. So I never and watched that. And the mummy tomb of the dragon emperor. What? There's a third one? Indeed. Wow. And Brendan is back for all three of them. Really? Yeah. Wow. Getting that work. Very good. Mm-hmm. Brendan. I've never seen any of the sequels. But. Yeah, me neither, obviously, because I would be a fool if I wanted to watch. Should go back and watch the original <laughs> Universal Mummy at some point. Maybe we will. Maybe we should. Last question I want to ask, because I'm trying to take into consideration some of the suggestions that we've been given. Mm-hmm. I think one of our friends, Jordan, mm, Jordan, <laughs> listen to this. Isn't this isn't the suggestion that he gave, but it is the one that. I thought of after he was was texting me about one of the one of the shows. There's a prompt that's been going around on the internet, like Twitter and different movie sites, mm-hmm. that says if you could choose a movie uh, and replace all of the cast with Muppets, but ah! keep one human character, what would you do? So for the for the Mummy, mm-hmm. let's say you had the opportunity to cast everybody as a Muppet, but keep one of the human cast. Who would you choose and why? Well, I would definitely want the mummy to be a Muppet because how fun would that be? Right, Imhotep. Um, everyone, but, well, I mean, it would have to be Brendan. Like, I don't want to get rid of Brendan. He's the star of the show. So, <laughs> especially like a Muppet girl in Brendan, like how funny would that be? So you didn't know it, but that's actually the correct choice. Oh. And the reason it's the correct choice is because one of the other movies that Brendan Fraser starred in was Looney Tunes Back in Action, where he played alongside Looney Tunes, which I feel like is just pretty, just just one, you know, like one, Space Jam? one step of separation no, not, but from a Muppet, you know, a Looney Tune, a mm-hmm. Muppet. So I think that's, I mean, that's probably the way to go. Would because, you choose that? Would you say the same? Well, I think it would be funny if Evie was Miss Piggy. Oh, and she was yes. like, you know, hitting on him the whole movie because that's what she would do. 
That would be amazing. And then I think that Benny could be played by Gonzo. Oh, yeah. Wow. That seems right. And then I don't know who, maybe Imhotep is the eagle. You know the eagle guy? No. Blue blue guy with big nose? Yes, I do. I do know. Um, But the other, who's not Gonzo? (laughs) (laughs) What about, what is it? Is it Beaker? Beep. Yeah. Beep, beep. What about him? Who would that be? Because I would like him to be in it. Who would Beaker be? Yeah, Beaker. I don't know. Somebody doesn't talk a lot. Mm, he could be the Pharaoh in the very beginning. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because yeah, he could be he could be the um the guy on like the cliffs with the the things on yeah. his face. Like, he's one of the one of the guardians of Hymenoptera, who's always you know giving people warnings like get out of here or die. Yeah. Instead of being foreboding, he could just be Beaker. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be really great. Yeah, I think they should actually make uh that movie with the Muppets. Am I a man or am I a Muppet? Why do I always break into song in at least one of these episodes? I don't think we've had an episode yet where we haven't sung. So Wow. <laughs> well, we better keep it up. Well, we have successfully faced our fears. So thank you for joining us in October. As Spooktober. We revisit and overcome our childhood phobias yeah go us of (laughs) mysterious moths and ancient mummies we hope you have a happy halloween happy halloween this is halloween 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 (laughs) thanks again for joining us we uh, we really appreciate every rating and every review thank you so much you guys Keep doing it if you want. Please leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts if you have just a second to do that. Again, it really helps us to just get this thing off the ground. But we are super happy for the engagement that we've received so far. So uh, like I said, you can email us podcast at scenesfromamarriage.com or if you're one of our friends, then just text us or hit us up through Instagram and, you know, the gram uh, we th- we think it's fun uh, we uh, we just talked to we just talked to your parents tonight and they're, they're watching some of the movies that we've recommended which is so, so fun that feels good yeah you know? they're gonna watch it's, godzilla tonight wonderful mm-hmm. yeah I, it's it's like good little inspiring podcast people who haven't watched these movies before i mean we, i haven't watched you know the movies we've got some ideas for what we're going to do in some upcoming episodes, but if there's anything in particular you'd like to hear, like I said, drop us a line and uh, we'll take it into consideration. Maybe you, maybe we'll watch your favorite movie Ooh, or yeah. your scariest movie. Ooh. Write in, write in and no tell, promises. here we go. Write in and tell us <laughs> what movie scared you at a young formative age. That's fun. Yeah. We'd like to know. Please tell us what, what's going to be next. Are we going to do like a Christmas movie? Oh, sorry. We're just, just going to skip right over Thanksgiving. Planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> that's the only thing. I feel like that's the only one anyone knows. Yeah, that's the only one. Might be able to think of some others. Yeah, I can't think of any right now, but. Well, maybe before we get to Christmas, we can uh, pull a few other things off our list. Okay, yeah, we'll do that. All right, thanks for listening. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. <laughs>